sex, drugs, and spirituality. I'm Sydney DeLorean, and I'm here with Scott McNulty. Hello. What's up, Scott? Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited to have you on the show. People love you. Oh, posh. <laughs> they do. They reach out to me and say how much they like your episodes. Oh, really? Oh, well, thank you, people of the internet. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's most gratifying to hear that. So, People of the internet, honestly, are my favorite people, because um, sometimes my in-real-life uh, friends can be like not great and um oh yeah but i have uh i've met some really cool people through the internet who uh, irl people are the worst yeah 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 <laughs> i'm just kidding i have like some really great irl friends true that true that um okay so what are we talking about today uh we're gonna talk about cigars i'm excited about this because uh. Um, we haven't done a show on nicotine yet, I don't think, mm. and it's on the list, um, but you smoke cigars and you know a lot about cigars, and that's nice for me because I didn't have to do any research. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yes, I do smoke cigars. It's been a, uh, it's been a hobby of mine my entire adult life. Um, I, you know, some people are into wine, some people are into craft beer, that sort of thing. I certainly enjoy drinking wine and beer, but I don't really know much about either one. Uh, but yeah, cigars. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit. I know, I know a little bit. You know, I'm not saying I'm an I'm an expert, but uh, I have a little bit of knowledge. So. Yeah, I've been to a cigar store with you, and you explained hmm. some things to me. Did um, we? Yeah, in um, Huntington Beach, and I bought some uh, marijuana candies. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. God bless California. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just one-stop yeah. shopping is you, you can get your cigars, I can get my cannabis chews, and we can yeah. enjoy our vacation. There's an ocean there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this huge lake there. They call it the Pacific Ocean. It's neat. It's, it's a neat. salty lake. It's very salty. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, where should we start? Okay, so people have been, like, doing – they've been consuming nicotine for a long time because it's interesting in that it can be activated by both smoking and chewing because sometimes it's one or the other. Like, Hmm. if – if you chew marijuana, it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. You have to smoke it or, um, you know, cook it in an oil because it's oil soluble or something. But nicotine, you can just chew the leaves off the, the tobacco plant and it gives mm. you yeah, um, that sweet tobacco buzz. Um, but you can also smoke it mm-hmm. um, and uh, do other things with it. So that's a thing that I yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, you can take it as a suppository, I think. Um I'm joking. <laughs> I who knows? I mean, someone's done it. I'm sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, and you know, it's, it's funny because you mentioned nicotine, and I don't really know anything about nicotine per se, other than that it's a chemical. Is it in tobacco naturally? I assume it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it probably is. Um, I can tell you that. So I've never been a cigarette smoker, but cigarettes are obviously addictive, and I, I believe it's the nicotine specifically that's addictive in cigarettes. Cigars, however, are not addictive. Uh, neither are pipes. So I don't know exactly why that is. Wait, they're not like they're, they're not addictive. They are not physically addictive. No, no. You, there, you know, there's no kind of withdrawal if you stop smoking cigars. Really? All. Yeah. Okay, because I have a friend mm-hmm. who spends twelve hundred dollars a month on cigars. Sure. And it seemed to me like that was an addictive thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just like weed. It can be psychologically addictive. I mean, anything. There's people that, you know, my uncle buys 
probably spends twelve hundred dollars a month on on wine. You know what I mean? He's not an alcoholic. He just he, enjoys. He just really enjoys wine. It's it depends on how much how how much you get into something. You know, just like there's people that will buy you know thousands of dollars worth of comic books or vintage records or something like that. Um, I mean, it's something. It's a hobby that you can go as as deep into that rabbit hole as you want to, you know, okay. based on how much money you want to spend and based on how far you want to take it. But no, physically, um, I've been smoking cigars off and on since I was 17. And I've also gone like a couple of years without smoking a cigar. And there's and never, fine. yeah, there's never a point where you go, oh my God, I really, you know, there's not a physical addiction to it. Um, but it does provide a, a, a sense of mental relaxation uh and a meditative quality that you do miss if you you know if you don't have one for a while so. okay the internet says approximately 75 percent of cigar smokers don't inhale mm-hmm. um and they don't smoke cigars on a daily basis um so cigarette smokers do inhale and most smoke 20 30 or more cigarettes every day that seems exaggerated um and apparently when you smoke a cigar, like some of the um, nicotine can get into your saliva. What sure. does it say? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cigar smoke breaks down in saliva, allowing the smoker to easily absorb nicotine through the lining of the mouth uh, in quantities sufficient enough to cause addiction. Oh. So you can get, you are getting some nicotine. Yeah. Even if you don't inhale, but maybe not as much. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, so most cigar smokers, they're not like, oh man, I need my cigar break. It's Jonesing. more of yeah. like, um, to me, I, I, I say it's like a relaxation ritual. Yeah, it, definitely. I mean, I think that uh, there are certainly guys that if you go to cigar shops uh, at all, which I do, there's some guys you'll just see there all the time. They're just always there. Like, they go there every day. They hang out. It's like, what's your job, dude? What do you do? You know? Yeah. And, well, <laughs> a lot of sober people are into it. And That's I- true. Yeah. It's 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 very much – it's kind of like the sober man's bar. If you've been mm-hmm. through AA and you don't want to drink or you can't drink anymore, uh, going to a cigar lounge is a great replacement for – for bar for bar life it's very similar to a bar uh but a little more masculine i don't see too many women no it's definitely a boys club Mm -hmm. um i dated a man for a while uh who he is a sober person and would hang out at cigar lounges because that Mm -hmm. was like his place yeah um because he works alone lives alone and needed something to replace being a bar hound and um yeah he so but it was like a boys club like he never mentioned women being there ever it's kind of like a locker room sort of they almost never are yeah Yeah. and he said it was a lot of sober dudes a lot of aa dudes that Mm -hmm. would hang out there definitely um there's a lot of there's a number of cigar lounges in the phoenix metropolitan area where we are um it's interesting that so my brother-in-law lives in florida and when i go visit my sister and and he um there's a lot of cigar bars like in the central florida area um which is different because um and even he has commented when he comes out here he's like how come you guys don't have cigar bars we do have one that i know of in the phoenix metro area but we more commonly out here have cigar lounges that do not serve alcohol and i think that's but i think that has served the aa community well very well uh yeah i think it's a cool thing actually and for me personally i mean i do drink but not a lot and I personally feel like uh, when I smoke a cigar, I I actually usually don't like to drink while I'm smoking. It's, for me, it's just all about the smoke. Yeah, like I don't I don't want to. You know, there's a lot of literature out there about like, oh, what kind of cognac you should have with a cigar, or what kind of port wine you should have with a cigar. Um, 
and I've tried, you know, port and cognac, and they're both gross to me. <laughs> and and I've had like you know beer with a cigar or or a mixed drink with a cigar. But honestly, I feel like the the taste and flavor of a cigar is so unique and individual to each cigar that I don't really want to try to mix up you know alcohol or something else with that. So. I just smoke it, uh, you know, I smoke as like, it's an activity in itself. Uh-huh. And for me, it's like, it's kind of like my meditation. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So how many years would you say you've been smoking cigars? When did you get into this? So I'll tell you a story. <laughs> spin me a yarn. I spin you a yarn. When I was a kid, uh, the original, that Batman movie came out with uh, Michael Keaton. Okay. And that was a really cool movie. And is that the one with Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she is great. No, well, she came in the, she was in the sequel, I think. Oh, okay. She has great hair in that movie. Yeah, the original one was Michael Keaton and, uh, what's her name, Kim Basinger. Oh, Basinger. uh-huh. And then, um, and Jack Nicholson was in that as the Joker. Uh, amazing job. So that movie was a huge hit. And then I think that was the first time where Hollywood said, oh, we can make money off comic books, which obviously they do a lot now. Mm-hmm. But uh, they followed that up with a an obscure comic book character called Darkman, um, which no one's heard of unless you're a comic book nerd, which I'm not, actually. But So I, I, I saw the movie Darkman, and it flopped. It was mm-hmm. terrible. And um, But there was a bad guy in the movie Darkman who smoked cigars, and he had like this gold cigar cutter and he would always like they would they would the camera would do close ups of him like cutting his cigar with the gold cigar cutter and then lighting it with this really cool looking lighter. And I'm like 11 years old and I'm watching this and I'm like, that just looks really cool. Like, I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> that was like my first mental or I, I actually made a decision like, yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to smoke cigars. And um and I did. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was 17, my best friend, Greg. He turned 18 before me, and he went to a cigar shop and bought a bunch of cigars, and um, he brought them over to my house. And uh, Oh, we took a road trip. We drove up to Flagstaff together, and we smoked these, these uh, like, I think they're mostly Dominican cigars, and I loved it. I loved it immediately. I was like, it just, you know, it's kind of like there's all this accoutrement, you know, there's like the cutting of the cigar, the way that you light the cigar. It all has to be done like in a certain way. You puff on it. You don't inhale it. Uh, it's kind of like when you go to a wine tasting and you like swirl the wine in your mouth and you spit. It's like that. Like you you, you puff the smoke in your mouth. You kind of taste it. And then you just kind of blow it out. And, um, and it creates sort of a relaxing kind of buzz type quality to it. So... Yeah, after that, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm game, mm. and um, I started reading about cigars. I subscribed to Cigar Aficionado magazine, <laughs> and I just wanted to learn as much as I could. And um, the only, my biggest complaint was I would go to these cigar shops after I turned 18, and uh, a lot of the proprietors and would talk to me like I was a, like I was an idiot, like I was a kid. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, what's this fucking kid doing in here? But then when I start talking to him, a couple of them were like, oh, this kid really knows what he's talking about because I was reading a lot and I was spouting off the things that I'd read. And, and so a couple guys that I knew uh, that owned cigar shops were like, they got to know me really well. And they're like, oh, yeah, hey, Scott, how's it going? You know, it's a great place for camaraderie. You'll meet all kinds of interesting people in, in cigar lounges. So, Yeah, that's what I've noticed or what I've heard from people who hang out is it's uh, you meet people that you wouldn't otherwise meet because you're united mm. over this thing it's all it 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 totally nothing goes more across class barriers i have found 
than a cigar lounge. If you go to a bar, I think bars are typical. It's like either you go to like a, a more upper class kind of bar or you go to a more like dive bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you go to a cigar lounge, dude, it's everybody. Like there's literally like a plumber sitting next to you on one side and like a millionaire real estate mogul on the other side. Like this has happened to me yeah. numerous times. Like the guy, in, like, you know, wearing his Roto-Rooter shirt and then the guy next to me who owns like multiple commercial properties in mm-hmm. three states and everyone's talking like we're best friends. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? You know, how you been? Kind of thing. What are you smoking? Like, oh, yeah, I heard that latest batch out of Nicaragua is really good, you know? And I feel like it's got a really egalitarian uh, philosophy that works well in, uh, in, in America, you know? Um, okay, so let's talk about the ritual because I know that you cut cigars. Why do you why why do you cut them? Like, how are they, they're rolled? They are so a a a, a puro a puro p r p u r o pure in, okay it would be the English translation is a handmade cigar which uh, unlike a cigarette which is encased in paper and the tobacco inside has been chopped up uh-huh. and it's basically rolled by a machine. This is all completely. I'm holding a cigar right now. You can't see it because that's how podcasts work. Um, Scott is a great <laughs> guest in that he brought visual aids to help explain this to me. So. <laughs> My pleasure. So, a cigar is uh, made by hand, uh, and it's 100% tobacco. So the outside is actually tobacco leaf, uh, and the inside is all tobacco leaf. But they're different tobacco leaves. They are different leaves, yeah. There's different blends that they use, and each blend, kind of like how when you make wine, there's different grapes that you can you can use a blend of grapes, or you can use all one grape, which is more rare, as I understand it. So with tobacco, with cigars, you can say, okay, I'm going to use like a Connecticut shade leaf for the wrapper, and then I'm going to use a Nicaraguan binder, and I'm going to use a Dominican filler. So you could have, you know, three different cigars from three different countries all going into this, but they're all rolled by hand. Um, and generally from the top of the cigar, the ma- the part you put in your mouth is called the um, the head. Mm-hmm. And then the that's part- also what they call it on a dick. That's the, f- well, yeah. that's the first part that goes in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. The, you followed by the shaft. You know what's up. And then the uh, the bottom part that you light is called the foot. So generally, like from the head to the foot is actually like one leaf. So it's it's not chopped up the way that cigarette tobacco is. So it's actually like the full length of, of the-, the leaf. Yeah, exactly. And so okay. There's the binder. Here, here there, touch it. There's touch the, my shaft. I'm, I'm touching. <laughs> touch my head. <laughs> I'm touching uh, Scott's <laughs> shaft and head right now. So the the external leaf, which you said one of the most popular ones for the wrapper is Connecticut shade leaf. because, Correct. And is that from the United States? It's from, from Connecticut? Connecticut, yeah, which and, is weird to most people. It's from New England. Yeah. Um, And then I have so many questions. <laughs> so... And then there's a binder. What is the binder? Is that what helps make it stick together? Yeah. So there's on the inside part, there's two different layers. Um, The stuff that's in the very center is called the filler. And that's where the majority of your flavor is going to derive from. And then the binder is kind of used to hold it together. Okay. Yeah. Sort of like... um, Sushi? Yeah, kind of like sushi. Yeah, yeah, like like the rice would be the binder. You okay. Know? And the stuff in the middle of your California roll would be the filler. So. Okay, that makes sense to me. And when okay, when cigars are made, mm-hmm. because everything is sourced in different places, and we know, like in kind of common knowledge, cigars are from South America or yeah. Cuba or whatever. So, in the history of cigar manufacturing. 
were they always taking Connecticut shade leaf and was that being shipped to Cuba to make cigars or were they using a mm. different wrapper? That's a good question. I, you know, I don't really know. I, I know just from reading that Connecticut shade leaf is the most well-known and considered like the best quality wrapper, mm-hmm. but I don't know how they got, how they figured that out or how they got that. I can tell you that they used to make a lot more cigars in America than they do now. Oh. Uh, so back in like the 40s, you know, like for, I would say like from 1900 to like the 1940s, they made a lot of cigars in the U.S., uh, actually a lot in Florida and Tampa. There was a big cigar industry there. Probably but, it's marshy. You're growing good tobacco yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah, it's the same kind of climate as you would find in, in the Caribbean. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's hot, it's humid, it's equatorial, you know. But um, for some reason, the manufacturing of that... I think because Americans, by and large, were more cigarette smokers, especially by, like, the 40s, World War II. You figure all the GIs are smoking cigarettes, you know. So it kind of fell out of economic favor to make cigars in the U.S. It just wasn't, like, viable anymore to do it. So in comes Cuba, who had a long tradition of making, um, growing cigar tobacco, and they became kind of like the, I don't know, the New York City, you know, like the, the, the fucking NY stock exchange of of tobacco like they were growing the best tobaccos the highest quality you know if you were a a big shot american if you were like a wealthy american or you fancied yourself an important guy you were smoking cuban cigars Mm -hmm. so pretty much every cigar for a long time in the united states that anybody was smoking was was a cuban cigar like that was just assumed to be this is a cuban cigar and you'll have to explain this to me because i don't understand history was this before there was a trade embargo? Like, we used to have Correct. open trade channels with Cuba. Oh, yeah. Cuba used to be, like, what Mexico is today and that it was a huge tourist destination for Americans. And there was a lot of trade between Cuba and America. So Havana was called the Paris of the Caribbean. You had a lot of, like... um People from the Northeast, you know, New York, New Jersey would vacation down there a lot. You know how South Beach, Florida, South Beach, Miami is kind of like Jewish heaven. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, now it used to be Havana, believe okay. it or not. There were a lot of Jews in Havana. People would retire down there. They would vacation down there. It was a friendly uh, environment. I mean, it was poverty stricken, but the economy was friendly for, for Americans. So and it was by and large safe down there. Uh, and there was a huge cigar trade. But then when Castro took over and he said, I'm a communist. Um, and when was that? The 50s? It, it was the early 50s, like okay. 1950, something like that. So um, and JFK was in office then. And he said, uh, you know, we're going to put an embargo on you. We're not going to trade with you anymore because we don't do business with the communists. So what happened was um, there were all these cigar plantations down there that had like famous names. So one was called Romeo and Juliet. Uh, one was called um, uh, Partagas or pa- Partagas. Uh, one was called Punch, which was named after an, an English satirical magazine. But they had all been there since like the 1800s. When Castro took over, the rich plantation owners, who were Cuban, they fled. They left Cuba and they went to other countries like uh, the Dominican, uh, Nicaragua, places like that. And they restarted their their plantations there. And they kept the same name because oh. because they're like, well, you know, I, it's, I'm, a, it's my business, it's my family name, yeah. But what happened was Castro nationalized the cigar industry in Cuba, meaning that he, the government took control of it because it's a communist country, and he kept the same brand names. So most cigars in America are double branded. So in other words, you will find Romeo and Juliet cigars from the Dominican, mm-hmm. but there are also Romeo and Juliet cigars from Cuba. 
and there are also Partagus, and there are also Punch, and there are also, uh, um, my mind's not, Coiba, but all these different cigars that are made in two different countries, and they have the exact same logo uh-huh. <laughs> and the same name. The only difference is on a true Cuban one, it'll say uh, Echo and Habano, made in Cuba, made in Havana, under on the band in, in small lettering. Which so. is considered to be better. Like, okay, there's the Cuban version where the government took over the factory, or mm-hmm. there's the original uh, factory owner who moved to the Dominican, because it seems like, okay, well, maybe the original owner would be better because that is his family business and he's right. been doing it. But then now the crops have changed. Yes. So which one is considered overall to be like a better For a long time, for many years, Cuban the Cuban cigars were still considered vastly superior so imagine if you grew up on a vineyard in france and your family was making bordeaux wine for hundreds of years and then all of a sudden you know say world war ii happens the germans occupy france and you leave france and you move to australia and you start a vineyard there it's not going to be the same wine right because it's a whole different climate it's different you know everything's different so the same thing happened with these uh cuban cigar makers they went to to the dominican Nicaragua, et cetera, even though it's a similar climate, you're still starting over from scratch. So it was a long haul for them. But now uh, it's widely considered that Dominican cigars, Nicaraguan cigars, Honduran cigars, and even some Mexican cigars are actually superior to Cuban because they've been at it now for so long. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. 2019. You know what I mean? They've been doing this since 1950, 51, whatever. You know what I mean? So they've gotten really good at it. Whereas, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but communism... Uh, is kind of a, a not good economic yeah, <laughs> system. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, so it has not been good to the cigar growers, the tobacco growers in Cuba, and the quality has fallen over the decades. Because you're not dealing with like people approaching it from a point of pride and craft right. and like artisanal whatever. Yeah. It's just it's just manufacturing. Just get them made. Yeah. So it's it's now. You know, there are still people that argue, they're like, oh, Cuban's still the best. And I've heard that, you know, if you go to, if you personally go to Cuba, it's a crapshoot because you, what happens is, especially if you're a white person, they will try to sell you anything. They'll be like, oh, just buy this, buy this box of cigars. And it's like actually something that was made like in Europe. (laughs) It's like not even, you know what I mean? Like it's total garbage. And um, you have to be really careful and you have to really know what you're doing and have like an amazing eye and nose to be able to pick out like this is a true Cuban cigar. So it's just a it's just a clusterfuck down there, to be honest, is what I've been told and and from people that have been there. And uh, it's just basically at this point. Yeah, man, you're better off going Dominican. Dominican is pretty much the best in the world now. And Nicaragua is like a close second with the Honduran and Mexican behind. So do unrelated to cigars do we still have a trade embargo against cuba um so technically oh i was one of the last things that president obama did before he left office was he lifted the embargo but it's limited so you can go you can now go to cuba as a tourist directly Uh from the united states which you couldn't do before you had to go to canada first or go to mexico first so now you can fly directly from florida to cuba there's also a limited number of cruises that go from florida to cuba now and you can buy cigars for personal use, so you can and and bring them back to the United States. So, but uh, cigar um, retailers in America are not yet able to sell Cuban cigars. 
Okay, so if you see a version of one of the brands you named in a cigar shop, it is going to be the non-Cuban Correct. version. Correct. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And there's a lot of lawsuits that have been going on for years between the two different families, you know, versus... So it's like I am I represent Romeo and Juliet cigars in, in, in Santo Domingo, and you represent Romeo and Juliet cigars in Havana. There's been like a million lawsuits, but I think it's two different countries, and no one respects whatever what, it, what each court says. Yeah. So, uh, but now it's going to be even more complicated if this embargo continues to to lift, and the relations open up further, like Obama wanted. Uh, it's going to be a really difficult time because how are you going to introduce cigars that have the exact same name and branding? You know, <laughs> you know, it makes me very be difficult. Sitting side by side. Yeah, on shelves. it would be yeah. really hard for. A normal consumer, if you're new to cigars, you'd be like, I don't know, like, what's this? You know, how come this one costs this and this one costs that? And it's the same thing. So, so currently, you cannot buy Cuban cigars in. Uh, if I go to a cigar shop, can I buy a Cuban cigar? No, you cannot. No. Okay. Not in the U.S., but in Canada, you can. Okay. And in Mexico, you can. So, like for years, Americans have been smoking and buying cigars in Mexico and Canada, or going to. Um, like if you go on a like I went on a Caribbean cruise a couple of years ago and we stopped in Jamaica and I bought a Cuban cigar there and I smoked it um, and honestly it tasted it was like exactly the same as a Dominican cigar I was like yeah, was just, you know, there was nothing there was no difference it was good but it was like yeah you know and it was way overpriced like, so that's I, why yeah. it's still like a plot point on like TV shows and stuff where someone's like I got a hold of some Cuban cigars yeah yeah but now it's like you know I've read stories online that it so many people have been burnt like they go to cuba and they buy cigars and they're just absolute garbage like they're not even because they're not good anymore yeah, yeah. or they're or, or they're not even sure that you're you're getting a true cuban cigar they're they're getting god knows what and like mm-hmm. just selling it to white people you know what i mean yeah which who can blame them they're poor you know what i mean they're yeah, trying to make absolutely. a living yeah but you got to know what i've been told is if you're gonna go to cuba you have to go directly to the plantation you have to go to the uh... actual you know, and that's not in Havana. It's out in the country. It's a long ass bus drive or whatever. You know what I mean? It's going to be a hot, terrible day uh-huh. <laughs> for the most part. You go out to this place, but then if you buy it directly there, it's going to be good. You know, but it's a lot of hoops to jump through. You're probably going to have to bribe a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be a hassle. Um, my brother in law, who is an avid cigar smoker like me, his parents, who live in Florida, they took one of those cruises to Cuba last year when it opened up. And they did not have a good time. They, it was just really? incredibly poverty stricken. They were being hassled on the street all the time. It was, you know, it was not. It ho- sounds a lot like Phoenix. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. The hotels were like garbage, you know? So, uh, I mean, granted you will encounter this kind of poverty anywhere, you know, Jamaica and Mexico, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but of course there's, you know, hotels and resorts that have been built just for tourists in those countries where Cuba doesn't have that going on yet. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have our cigar. We got a wrapper, a binder, and the filling. We got a head. We got a foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do we cut it? Because the uh, – so the head has what's called a cap on it, which is a little piece of tobacco leaf that is glued with tree sap onto the shaft. <laughs> okay, so it's basically – if you picture it, this looks like a hot dog, and like yeah. the round part that you put your mouth on, it's got a little leaf stuck on yeah. So that the hot dog's not hanging out the end. There's no hole to suck yeah. on. Yeah. So you have to cut that off with a cutter, which I brought. I brought a double-bladed cutter with me, uh-huh. which I'll hand to Sydney. Now, is it when they make them when you bought it, is it the one end is already open? The yeah. The light's already open. Yeah, the foot is always open. Yeah. And the head is sealed off. But then you use this cutter 
and that's to cut a hole to suck through. Yeah, you're basically just cutting the tip of the of the of the head off so that you can inhale air and smoke through the through the shaft of the cigar. Now, you do you do the full diameter like so that both ends are blunt, or do you do a smaller clipping and leave some of the round edges? So there are different types of cutters, um, and that will give you different types of cuts. Mm-hmm. So this one is like I said, a double aged a double edged cutter. It's basically two razor blades. Uh, kind of like a safety cutter and yeah you would cut it flat so it would be essentially just like a flat you know like a cigarette it would Mm -hmm. look like a cigarette Um, but there's also like um, scissor cutters there's a punch cutter which is like you stab it into into it so so kind of a smaller hole yeah kind of like a like a hole punch you know it does that and then there's like a v cut which honestly when you cut it it looks just like a vagina (laughs) like it really does it's uh, the, the V-cut. I mean, you're just like, wow, this is just a, a vagina on the end. of Everything about a cigar is vaguely sexual, to be yeah, honest with I you. Mean, I mean, yeah, If the Clinton scandal has taught us nothing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I honest, I have a theory about cigar smokers, myself being one, is that you know a lot of straight men smoke cigars, of which I am. It's never gay men. Yeah. You, I haven't met a gay man that smokes cigars mm-hmm. yet, but... I feel like it. I feel like there's some kind of inherent homosexuality, like latent homosexuality, that's in, buried deep within the heart of all straight men. Where we're like, I just want to suck a dick, but I never will because I'm straight. But it's like I'll smoke a cigar. It's very much like sucking a dick. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, like you know, a dick. and um, it's just very. They're very phallic, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, who knows? I don't know. I feel like there's some kind of unconscious thing going on there. You know? I think it's just like. Straight men love their dicks. Yeah. They just love their dicks. Yeah. And I think it's almost like an extension of it mm-hmm. where it's like they can't suck their own dick, but yeah. they can do this. And so, yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is very much like a like a dick worshiping kind of activity, you know, yeah. if uh, even on an unconscious level. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. 100%. So yeah. we cut it off so that we have we can smoke through it. Right. And then you light it differently than you light a cigarette. Yeah, and even before we get to the lighting or the cutting, what you really want to do is kind of roll it in your in between your fingers and squeeze it just a little bit, and I'll let you do that. Does that you. does that pack the tobacco? No, what you're looking for is, um, you know, like if you're sawing a piece of wood, like a two by four, and there's uh-huh. like a knot in the oh, wood. Oh, uh huh. It's similar in tobacco. So when you're rolling the cigar, you're trying to find areas of the cigar that are tightly that are too tightly packed. Oh. That wouldn't get air through or smoke through. So and you just loosen them up a little. Yeah, bit. you squeeze it a little bit and you kind of loosen it up a little bit, and that's what's that would be called a tight draw that you want to loosen up and make it a, a looser draw. Because so. there's something. Um, okay, there was the Seinfeld episode <laughs> where Kramer thought he had these Dominicans that he imported to roll or these Cubans, Cubans yeah, to roll cigars, and it turned out they weren't Cubans and they were rolling the cigars too tight. So there oh. is an art to um very much so to rolling because you don't want it to be too loose right you don't want it to be too tight because right. it's not going to burn or taste right right but definitely the um density of the way it's packed is going to affect the rate at which it burns right yeah exactly okay and you imagine oh not imagine but think that each one of these is actually made by human hands like from start to finish there's no uh-huh. machines involved at all so an actual person in a third world country, you know, made this cigar that we're uh, looking at, which is to me is always very uh, impressive. I always keep that in my mind when I go to a humidor, when I go to a cigar lounge, I'm like, someone made this, you know yeah. what I mean? Like an actual person. And it takes years to be even allowed to be a roller. I mean, year, it's a huge apprenticeship. Really? Oh yeah. It's a, it's an art. It's not, it's not considered, it's actually a very good job. It's not something that they, you know, 
um, it's not unskilled labor. It's highly skilled labor. Uh-huh. So these guys are well-respected in their communities. They make good money, you know, uh, I mean, not good money for American standards, but good money for their standards, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So it, it's considered, you know, the equivalent of being like a master chef. Okay. Or being like a really good winemaker, you know what I mean? Like It y- takes years, years to work your way up exactly. and to get the experience. I mean, like if you and I were to try and take this these leaves of tobacco and try and roll them, it would be a disaster, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, I've yeah. tried to roll <laughs> joints. I can barely roll a fucking burrito. I'm in the service yeah. industry. I can roll silverware. My silverware roll-ups are impeccable. They're, <laughs> they're the best out of anyone I know. But I can't, yeah, I can't roll shit else. Like, my yeah. sushi looks like shit. My burritos look like shit. I couldn't roll a joint to save my life so yeah this is definitely something that's difficult to do yeah and they have to do it on a mass scale so Mm -hmm. they have to make you know hundreds of these a week and all by hand and uh i think they get paid like by the number they make okay so um but you want to you want to do quality but also efficient exactly yeah Yeah. and and that's where really where the skill comes in it's like you're Mm -hmm. making a very quality product but you can do it fast Mm -hmm. you know so it takes something like 10 years to even be considered a, a, a master roller. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long, long process. You'll start out, you know, working on the plantation, you know, maybe in the fields or something, and then maybe working in like where they cure the tobacco. It's a long, by the time you get to the point where you're a roller, you're like 50 years old. You know what I mean? So, okay. Yeah. And then you can finally sit down. You got to yeah. sit job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's a real, it's a real skill. So, um, but yeah, you would roll it between your fingers and just kind of like, you know, check the pressure um, and you'd also want to smell it. So we'll do a little. Uh, the right. smell of cigars to me is amazing. Uh, I've always loved it. So it's to me, I don't love it, but it's a very masculine yeah. scent. And I do, <laughs> as someone who has an appreciation for men, like I do enjoy that. Like I would enjoy meeting up with my boyfriend after he spent an afternoon at the cigar lounge yeah. because it was like, Ooh, like just manly, you know? Yeah, like a campfire or something. Yeah, it yeah. definitely has that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I've I've tried um, you know, smelling wine. You know, they have to have the, what they call the nose for wine. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't tell the difference. I'm like, I smell one glass of wine, I don't know, it smells like wine. Yeah. Uh, with cigars, I'm a little better. I can be like, oh yeah, I can you can smell the difference between, you know, one brand versus another, one style versus another. Um and then uh so once you've yeah, you've determined that uh so when you buy a cigar, usually it's wrapped in cornstarch. Um, it's it looks like plastic, but it's actually made from cornstarch. It's the the plastic wrapper, like the really, clear, yeah, yeah. That's cornstarch. It is, yeah. Wow. It, it's all organic, yeah. Um, and then God, get it together under <laughs> other industries. Y'all are wrapping your shit in plastic. Do you know you can wrap it in cornstarch and it's biodegradable? That's right. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like everything I've ever bought at Target that's wrapped in plastic. Exactly. Yeah. Wrap that shit in cornstarch. They don't. Yeah. They don't want to put plastic on it because plastic has chemicals. Yeah. They don't, they don't. Basically, they want nothing unnatural to touch a cigar ever. Okay. So it's it's wrapped in cornstarch uh, and it's packed in cedar Spanish cedar boxes. Um, and then cause Spanish cedar pa- apparently doesn't affect the, the smell or the taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also these tobacco beetles that love tobacco 
are they're very averse to Spanish cedar. They don't like it, so they oh. so they avoid it. Yeah, so that's how they they keep the and that's something they've known for like hundreds of years. I don't know how they figured it out, but you know they figured it out. So. I just like I need other <laughs> industries to get their <laughs> shit together because like this is the thing when people are like, oh well, you know we can't go green. We you can't manufacture in a green way. Uh, cigars have been around like you said hundreds of years, but these yeah. are mass manufactured and distributed yeah. that are made in the employ of people they aren't made by fucking machineries and they aren't made in sweatshop conditions they're made artisanally and they're distributed yeah in a way that is ecologically friendly so yeah. i mean we got cigars and we got like dr Bronner's. we have two companies <laughs> who are working to like be better um, yeah everything about a cigar is pretty much biodegradable i mean the wrapper comes in the box that it's in it's wood you know what i mean uh also if you go to a cigar lounge and you say um, you can ask them for their empty cigar boxes, and they'll give them to you in most cases, which are great yeah. for packing gifts, love notes, anything. Uh, kids love them. Like yeah. if you give them to a little kid, they it's like a little treasure chest. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I used to have a lot that I got from that boyfriend that I used to organize like stamps and yeah. stuff like that. Um. So yeah. Yeah, it's really great. I, I mean, I I love the whole organic quality mm-hmm. of it of what they are you know when you go into a humidor the smell is amazing you're just like oh my god it smells like the earth mm-hmm. you know but like a more primitive version of the earth you know not the city we live in but you know like you're in a actual like a primal earth. yeah like a manicured swamp uh-huh. <laughs> you know what i mean you're just like oh god oh you know that's how i like to think of my vagina is like a, a manicured swamp absolutely uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> makes sense all that swamp gas coming out of there <laughs> every once in a while like you know, a, a cotton mouth will just come hissing at you. Right out of that Sydney swamp. I'm so glad Zach doesn't listen to the podcast anymore because I gained a boyfriend and I lost a listener. And it's probably Perfect. for the best. Yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. how you want it. Yeah. He, he, he told me he doesn't like hearing me. Um, he's like, I just don't want to hear you laughing with other men. Smart. <laughs> I I, record, I recorded an episode with Mark Kamire, uh while Zach was in the other room and I was out in the garage recording. And uh, when I came out of the garage, Zach's like, I just feel like I listened to my girlfriend on a two and a half hour date with another man. He's like, you're just out there giggling like a schoolgirl, having a good time. Oh, that is hard. I was like, he's like, yeah, I've never been jealous before. I'm not. He's he's not a jealous person and he's yeah. never felt jealous. But something about that, because he knows I'm a chuckle fucker. Oh, and so right. <laughs> he wanted to think that he was the only he's like, you don't even laugh like that for me anymore. <laughs> 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 I was like, I laugh for you plenty, but I also laugh with other men. Yeah, it's well, a, it's you know it's one of the one of those things that I yeah I won't be told who I can laugh for. Yeah, no, I won't be told who I can erect for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets a, a whiff of my swamp gas. Okay, Zach, that's Every, just how everyone it is. gets a chubby from Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, girl on the bus, you're getting a semi from me, whether you want it or not. It's happening. Why am I even on the bus? I have a car. <laughs> Sometimes you just ride the bus to meet new people. Sometimes you are a school bus driver who fucks a 14-year-old, as I saw on on the news last week. No. Yeah, yeah, some dude. Oh, oh boy. Jesus. Yeah, he's like 25 years old. Fucking Christ. Like, what's a 25-year-old doing as a school bus driver? I've I, known several men who that was, like, their job when they were in, like, college. That's I'm crazy. Like, You're driving a bus? I thought that's, like, a granddad job. Every bus driver I knew when I was a kid was, like, 80. Yeah. 
yeah. or looked like he was. Anyway. As it yeah. should be. Yes. But yeah, apparently we got 22-year-olds out there driving school buses. Which is just a recipe for disaster. It really... When you got like a hot 17-year-old high school girl like giving yeah. you the eye. Yeah. It's too close. I know. Too close for I comfort. I mean... <sighs> Yeah, I'm not saying it's right, but it's like that would be that's some it's, it's some temptation to well, to, to you, fight over. You, yeah, yeah, you through. aren't yeah. that far removed from the teenage exactly. Experience. You yeah. actually have things in common. Like yes. you probably could have conversations, like the same music and shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? it's like, just ugh, not yeah. good. Not no, good. just like keep them. You keep them separated. I'm know? glad that we always you know go back to pederasty in our conversations. Is that <laughs> a running? Theme? Everything always. I don't know. <laughs> Is it goes, no, I mean maybe just in my own conversations with anyone, you know. I it listen, it's because we have open dialogues. Yeah, and we just don't we don't allow for filtering. If it's know? mentionable, it's manageable. That's right. That's yeah. a common thing said on this podcast. Indeed. Um, the 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 podcast about sex, drugs, and spirituality that references uh Mr. Rogers a lot, all the time. That's I have a confusing yeah. brand because a lot of my. Um, topics are adult in nature, but then I'm also really into children's television. So it's, it's a confusing yeah. brand to uh, sell to people, which is why I don't have advertisers yet. Well, wasn't the original title Sex, Drugs, and Cardigan Sweaters? It or, was. I mean, yeah. Maybe I should change it back. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sex, Drugs, and Cardigans. I Sex, love... Drugs, and Loafers. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good loafer? Uh, I, I like a dock shoe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is, I, that, is that like a boat shoe? It's is like that, a boat shoe. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like a loafer. I'm not sold on what the difference is, but I think it has um maybe more of a non-slip bottom because you mm. don't want to slip on your boat. No, definitely Things not. Things get wet. No, never slip on your boat. I I know a lot about boats now since I might move to live on one. Oh, so, yeah. 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 That's that's all I know. I know they travel on water, chiefly, primarily. Chiefly on water. Yeah. Chiefly on water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can... Uh, you can also um, live on them above ground, as we've learned from the Shady Dell, which is like an RV, a retro RV trailer park in Bisbee, Arizona, because there's oh, yeah. a yacht there. My friend oh. stayed on that for her honeymoon. Um, awesome. Yeah. Except for she said the the bed was in the like the hull of the boat, the front of the boat. Hmm. And so it was like a pointy bed. So she's like, you have your heads, oh. but then your feet have to be crammed together with the other person. Uh, that's annoying. Yeah. She didn't like it. And then yeah. she goes also, she's. It's a weird fitted sheet for this triangle bed. How many of these sheets do they have? They might not have a lot of these triangle sheets. That means they're not washing them enough. There's a lot. There's a lot of conspiracy <laughs> about the triangle sheet. That's a lot to worry about. Yeah, it, yeah. it was. It yeah. was worrisome. Um, so cigars. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're rolling them to check for hollow pockets. Yes. And then, um. So then, yeah. Then you would cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would you would inspect it also for tears on the outside on the wrapper. Oh, uh, because they might bust. Yeah. Loose. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, what a rip in the wrapper would indicate is that it's too dry. Oh. Yeah, it's been allowed to dry out. So these are kept in humidified conditions. Um. If you, uh, like a coworker of mine said uh, recently he was like oh yeah i got this i got this cigar that i've been waiting to smoke you know i bought i got it like last year at when i was in vegas and i'm gonna bring it to my friend's wedding or something like that and i was like do you have it in a humidor he's like no i was like that cigar is worthless yeah he's like no it's not it's a really good cigar it's like a 20 dollar cigar i was like it's worthless you've ruined it yeah because it dries out (laughs) yeah it dries out like instantly especially in in a desert climate that we live in so yeah you have to keep you have to keep them humidified yeah if my skin is any indication that cigar is dry as hell yeah i have this situation going on total aside where 
um, because in Phoenix, white people get ashy too. And the <laughs> yeah. skin on the bottom of my nose is so dry and flaky that sometimes like, listen, I lotion, right? Yeah. But I leave the house. And then sometimes I'll check a glimpse in a mirror and go, oh, it looks like I was doing coke. Like it's yeah. not, it's just dead skin. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, if my nose can't survive, what chance does the cigar have? Very little. Um, And so when you do cigars... When you do cigars, when you do them, when you do, you do when you do cigars, when you do them real good, <laughs> you either just buy one, like you go to the place, you buy one out of the humidor, or if you have a collection at home, you have a humidor at home, and there's different versions of them. There's like little teeny box ones, right? Oh sure, yeah. Well, yeah. There's like a desk desktop humidor. There's a, like a standing humidor, like a cabinet, you mm-hmm. know, and then the, all the way up to the walk-in humidor, which is what you'd find in a store, you mm-hmm. know, in a tobacco lounge. But um, yeah, the uh, I forget what the percentage is that it has to be kept at. It's like eighty five percent humidity, something like that, you know. Um, so it, it's got to be, you know, moist. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be wet and moist in there, you know. Like like you would, basically, it has to replicate the climate of the Caribbean. You because know? otherwise, it's gonna dry and it's gonna the wrapper will tear. Yeah, it gets like so when you light a dry cigar, it, it like puffs up it's like instant fire you know what i mean you don't want that i mean you want it to burn slowly and evenly Mm -hmm. so the way i mean it's meant to be smoked at a certain pace so uh and that's also why you're looking for any pockets or stiff knots in the tobacco is that you want it to burn evenly down the down the shaft Mm -hmm. you know and it usually a cigar typically is going to be 45 minutes to an hour okay like that's how long you're you're investing in it so it's not a quick fix it's not. It's the exact opposite of cigarette culture. Where you're gonna, I'm gonna run outside and have a quick smoke. It's like no. You're gonna sit down and you're gonna like think about life. <laughs> you're gonna meditate for 45 I, minutes. Yeah. I well, I always say I live my life like uh, barbecue, like low and slow. Yeah. So I I respect that because I think far too often we live in a society where you're supposed to get things over with quickly. Like, mm. you know, like you, you fuck to come and you smoke a cigarette yeah. as fast as possible to run back inside. Like everything is very like, get it done. And I'm very much like about the experience of it. Yeah. Um, And so I can, I can appreciate this where it's like, oh, it's not like, oh, I'm going to grab a quick drink or whatever. It's like, no, I'm going to sit down for an hour and yeah. have an experience. I, I like doing like yoga and Pilates classes where it's an hour of my time yeah. and I'm committed to doing just that one thing. So I, I'm so into this. Yeah, it's very much for me, it's a meditation. I mean, I'm not very good at just sitting cross-legged on the floor and meditating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've tried. <laughs> but uh, cigars have worked for me because you have you know you have to dedicate a certain amount of time to it. Um, you don't want to let it burn out and then come back to it like the next day. It's not going to be good, you know. So you're like, all right, I'm setting aside an hour of my time for this mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, typically you're going to be in a certain place, either in a cigar lounge or on a patio, you know, unless you want to smoke in your living room, which I don't recommend. So, yeah, kind of forces you. And also the fact that I don't like to drink when I'm smoking or do anything else. I mean, I... You're th- not going to be... Yeah. Like, okay, we, when you watch a movie, you'll mindlessly snack on food. Yeah. Or, like, when you're drinking, you'll also be fucking with your phone or, yep. like, whatever. But this is an activity where you're not snacking during it you're not yeah for me personally yeah i don't do anything during a cigar mm-hmm. smoke i don't i don't drink i don't smoke or I mean, smoke i don't drink i don't eat mm-hmm. uh that's not you know there are some people that you know i think want to pair cigars with food i kind of just think smoking and eating is gross so yeah I just don't i don't do that you know 
And I don't, I already told you, I don't like the port or the cognac that, you know, typically go with it. So yeah, I just sit outside on my patio or I'm in a cigar lounge. Uh, and I prefer when this, when the lounge is actually not crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've gotten up and left early when there's too many people and they're talking too loud, you know, or Cause some yeah. of them get wild. They do. You have to pick your, your place. You know, there's certain cigar lounges that are more like sports bars. Mm-hmm. Like you walk in, there's a bunch of TVs, they all have sports on and guys are rowdy. That's not my place. Like when I walk into a new place and it looks like that i just turn around and walk out i'm like i don't want this yeah um yeah i'll use his name mike used to go between two different ones one was an older white guy place and the other was a young black guy place Mm -hmm. and (laughs) they had very different energies because like the one you know they'd be blaring blaring hip-hop music and kind of wiling out yeah and it was younger guys who weren't old enough yet to go to bars a lot of them so it was like 18 to 21 like a younger crowd and they'd be kind of wiling yeah and then there was like the old white guy place where it's just you know a bunch of professorial types puffing away yeah and i definitely prefer the professorial type uh, <laughs> uh, you know just because i just want it to be quiet you're just, a very yeah. calm yeah low-key person especially when i'm smoking uh-huh. I, want, I want it to be calm and low-key so i typically like to smoke alone or with a couple of good friends you know people that i know like I, you know, my sister lives far away from me, so when I see uh, her and her husband, who also smokes cigars, uh, he and I will smoke together, you know what I mean? And that's kind of, like, a cool thing, because we see each other, like, once a year, we'll sit on, a like, either his patio at his house or in a cigar lounge somewhere, and we, like, smoke, and we can talk about the cigars that we're smoking or mm-hmm. different cigars that we've tried, you know, different things, different places we've been to, to get different cigars and that, you know, I like that. I like the fact that you're, when you're talking, you're talking about what you're doing, like it's all specific to that, uh-huh. you know, to that experience versus when you go to a bar and you're drinking, you're talking about this, that, and everything. You're talking about your life. You're talking about whatever sports. Oh you know? God, you yeah. know, it's all over the place. It's <laughs> yeah. exhausting. It's why I hate bars and I work in one, but I loved school because once I got in deep into my program, we're just talking about software systems and different things that they can do and saying, oh, did you see, you know, this work coming out of this company in New Zealand and they're using this software in this way. Yeah. And it very much like narrows it down. It's just nice to have an interest um, that you can share with people in a, in a way like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. So I feel like it's meditative even when you're with someone like that, when you're smoking with someone that appreciates it. Because it's same just level. about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh my uncle terry who you know i do uncle terry's hot he is he's a hot guy you know and he's a he's a big uh, enophile which is a wine guy you mm-hmm. know and um i like to drink wine with him because he knows what the fuck he's doing and he'll tell me all kinds of interesting things about the wine and it's just it just makes the experience better because you're sitting there and you're drinking this wine and he's like i'm gonna tell you exactly where this grape came from and what year it was grown and all the stuff and you're like wow that's amazing you know and the same thing if you're smoking cigars with someone who really knows the cigar and they're talking to you about, you know, the blend and the soil and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, man, it just makes everything taste better and, and feel yeah. better. And, you know, it's a it's a very meditative type of uh, situation. So. so how do we light this bad boy? Um, so first you're going to toast it. OK. Uh, and that means you're going to hold it in your fingers at a 45 degree angle. Um, out of your, it's not in your mouth. You're going to actually hold it away from your mouth and you're going to light either a butane lighter, like a torch lighter, 
Yeah, Scott's showing me this crazy <laughs> looking lighter. Honestly, it's very. It looks like a futuristic vibrator. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a jet, like a small jet engine. So uh-huh. you never want to use a kerosene lighter, like a Zippo. You don't want to use that because it will taint the flavor, the entire flavor oh. of, of the cigar. Yeah, it'll ruin it basically. So you can use wooden matches, not the not the red, not tips. the cardboard ones. Yeah, okay. like, you know, but actual wooden matches, uh, or you can use a butane lighter that has no smell or odor. And you're going to hold the flame about an inch to two inches away from the tip of the cigar. Uh-huh. And you're going to slowly rotate it over the flame. And that's going to cause the edges around the foot of the cigar to to light, basically. And you want to get it as evenly lit as possible as you rotate it in your hand. Okay, because otherwise it's going to burn cockamamie. Exactly. That's called uh-huh. tunneling. So it'll start burning on one side faster than the other, and then you're in trouble. So once you've got it lit around the edges or toasted, then you'll put it in your mouth, and again you'll hold you'll hold the lighter or the match away from it. So the the flame never touches the cigar. Okay. It's just the heat that generates from the flame that's going to light it. So you're gonna then put it in your mouth and then rotate it in your mouth as you take quick puffs uh-huh. to try and get the interior, the inside of the filler lit as evenly as possible. And then if you've got it right, it'll basically burn evenly all the way down over the next 45 minutes to an hour. And when you, you puff on it, you kind of puff and you take the smoke into your mouth, but you don't bring you, it into your lungs. You don't, yeah. With most of these big, these Puro cigars, I mean, it would really hurt if you inhale it. Okay. Like, it's very bad. Yeah. it's. A, I mean, it, this is like putting your mouth on a fucking jet engine. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. if you If you try to inhale that, it's going to fuck you up pretty good. So, yeah, you just puff on it. And then you just kind of release it. And uh, I guess it's about, I think I read once that you should take a puff like once every minute to two minutes, you know? Okay. Like yeah. So, so you're not puffing constantly. Yeah, you're not like constantly sucking it down like you would a cigarette. You know, you're, you're savoring it kind of thing. If you stop puffing, will it will it? It go will go out. out. Okay. Pretty quickly, yeah. You you may have to relight it again. That's common, and that's fine. Uh-huh. That, that's not a you know a bad sign. So if yeah, if it gets because like, sometimes people don't finish a cigar. You never finish it. You don't smoke it all the way down the way you would a cigarette. Okay. Because like I said, so the whole thing is one length of of leaf. Uh huh. So what's happening is as you're smoking it, the smoke is passing through you know, the body of the tobacco, uh-huh. and it's getting kind of tainted. Oh, so it's going to taste worse the Correct. further down you smoke it. Exactly. That first puff is, like, pure, and exactly. then as we go, it's going to become less good. Yeah, so as you get closer to the head where your mouth is, it's eventually going to turn sour, and oh. it's gonna, it's actually going to taste kind of like rotten eggs. Ooh. And that's when you're done. You're like, okay, you stop, and you put it down. You don't. So that's why you'll see a lot of cigar smokers, like, they finish it. It looks like it's only halfway done or but three quarters done. But they got the good stuff. Exactly, yeah. Huh. There are some people that are hardcore, like, I paid for this. I'm going to smoke it all the way. It's like, go ahead and torture yourself if you want to. But, but that's it's stupid. not good. Yeah. Because it's, it's not... a flavor experience. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're not going to smoke it all the way down to the nub like you would with a cigarette. and so. Or a joint. You're yeah. not getting your, your roach clip out <laughs> exactly. and yeah. finishing it. And then you don't stump, stub it out the way you would a cigarette or a uh-huh. joint. You just set it down on the ashtray, and then it'll go out in about five minutes. Okay. So, yeah. Um. So for people interested in trying out cigars, just go to a cigar shop and ask. Because the people Definitely. who work there are pretty knowledgeable. They'll tell you. Totally. Yeah. Just. Don't go to Circle K and get some black and mild. No. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, find just a, a, your local tobacconist. Go there. And honestly, be honest. Just tell them, like, I don't know anything. I'm a novice. And they will gladly – cigar people love to talk cigars, and they love mm-hmm. to teach. So they will they will, they will, will be so excited. They'll be like, oh, well, let me take you into the humidor. And they'll give you a whole – you know, they will blow your mind, basically. And then, you know, they'll get you started on, on a path. They'll help you cut it. They'll help you light it. You know what I mean? They'll, get, they'll do everything for you. They will go out of their way. They're pretty hospitable people. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, and then you can have fun choosing different different varieties. It's fun to, like, learn what you like and what you don't like. You yeah. Know? So. Well, that's exciting. Um, all right. Anything else before we wrap up that we have to know about cigars? Um, I mean, I've heard, I haven't tried this myself, but you can insert one into a White House intern is what I've heard. So, but I haven't tried it. Yeah. So, so we don't know how well they smoke afterwards or we're if not it, sure. Yeah. It'll keep it human. I'll tell you that much. Certainly. Yeah. Swamp gas. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone go back and listen to our episode on Monica Lewinsky. It's really good. It and was it's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's actually one of my favorites. That one and Odin, um, which don't have as many downloads as some of the other ones. Yeah, get on that. Yeah, get on that. Uh, Yeah, adult babies, anal sex, um, and incest are like our big hits. And I just am like, no one cares about Odin? Like, no one cares about Monica Lewinsky? Um, But uh, they're they're good stuff. And sometimes, here's my thing, is sometimes you read like a title of a podcast and you think, oh, I don't want to know about that. And it is easy. There's so many podcasts out now. Yeah. You know, eight years ago, I listened to every single episode of Mark Marin, whether or not I knew who the guest was. And now I, you know, I, I'm all, oh, well, I don't really know who that is. I won't listen. But sometimes the best, uh, most enjoyable things are when you learn about something that you really had no interest in. I agree. Um, Like, I never thought like oh cigars are interesting but then you dropped a couple facts on me uh recently and i was like dude let's do an episode about them word and here we are we've learned so much well i hope i didn't bore the listeners too too much they but, uh, loved it it is uh, always a pleasure to be here sydney delorean on your show of the pod. Uh, <laughs> also, should people check out Unlicensed on SoundCloud? Yeah, I should really do another episode <laughs> because it's been a long time. It's but. been a while and it's a great <laughs> show. Um, you can uh, write Scott and get you can write him with questions and he'll answer them on his podcast. I offer free, completely unlicensed therapeutic advice. What is the... Um, uh, the email address for the show? Oh, it's uh, badadviceforfree uh, at gmail.com. But the fur is spelled F-E-R. So badadviceforfree yeah, at gmail.com. Send him your questions and he will answer them on an upcoming um, episode of Unlicensed, which I find to be really enjoyable. He records it while drinking coffee in his bathrobe. I sure do. Yeah, And it's just, that's what you're going to get. It's just like a nice, <laughs> chill, at-home person telling you what to do. Yeah, indeed. I'll do my best for you. All right. Well, happy hump day, everyone. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>